0: I'm a free black man, hold up my head black man Beautiful black man, I don't dare feel nice man I love your brother black man, then chase your dreams black man And get that green black man, we the original man What's going on everyone? Welcome to another edition of Confessions of a Native Son I'm your host Mike Steadman, a Marine Corps veteran, entrepreneur, and aspiring author Who enjoys thought-provoking and engaging dialogue about race, culture, and business in this episode, I discuss Black economic empowerment and the many challenges Black Americans face from an economic perspective. I stress the importance of building an economic foundation through small business ownership, why I believe there's a Black economy, and why Black entrepreneurs need to adopt different strategies to succeed at scale. As always, thanks for sharing your time with me, and I hope you enjoy the show. You start a business with him, you make commitments to him, we all can profit it what's up everybody welcome to another edition of confessions of a native son i'm your host mike Stedman. super excited to jump on here with you all today man uh first of all appreciate all the love and support i'm getting around this podcast you know when i started this thing with mike lloyd man it was just like i don't know just something fun to do right? i kind of want to come on here and express my thoughts and emotions and work my way through this book I'm writing of the same name, but, uh, it's, it's crazy over the last like few weeks, man, our downloads have been going up. I have the engagement is crazy. You know, I've been having people reach out to me on LinkedIn, sending me emails and all kind of stuff, just kind of, you know, talking about uh, their Marine Corps experience, reaching out to me on Facebook and Instagram, just so much love surrounding this podcast. And I want to let you all know out there how much I appreciate you and all the, the support you're sending our way. You know, um, this, this The Always Faithful series where I come on here and I kind of share my Marine Corps experience and some of my challenges as a, a black infantry officer has been very, very receptive from both sides. And, uh, you know, this, the last episode we did, the one that we released was with Colonel Hobbs, you know, just kind of reviewing, you know, my first episode and then just kind of hearing about how he, his uh, thoughts around what led him to write the article. You know, the Marine Corps is always faithful to white men. And, uh, you know, just have good dialogue and discussion. And it was all just very well received. And so um, we're we're moving with this thing, man. And, you know, we're having fun with it and we're getting some good dialogue on here. And I just ask that you continue to stay patient with us as we continue to uh, figure out what it is we're doing, you know, because I will tell you, when I started this podcast, I had no desire to go down the military rabbit hole, not to the extent of with like Always Faithful. Um, you know, I, I did want to come on here and kind of just share my, my experience in the military just a little bit, but definitely not the focus of this podcast, just giving you a heads up. This is me to come over here and talk about books and stuff I'm reading and just kind of share my insights onto how I view America from the lens of a black Marine Corps veteran entrepreneur. I don't even call myself a community organizer, just someone who likes to create uh, opportunities for young black men and women of color. And uh, I'm, not, I'm very unapologetic about that. And uh, it's funny with the whole, uh, the, the woke America, you know, people are finally, you know, joining the party, I guess, realizing that we have to create more opportunities for people that don't have them. Um, and a lot of us, you know, have been in the trenches doing the work, but I do appreciate people reaching out, trying to hear my perspective on stuff and actually showing some love by uh, donating to the cause, um, what we're doing here with Ironbound Box and also buying a A bunch of dope coffee, man. Y'all are y'all are moving dope coffee into the stratosphere. My man Mike, man, they're they're packing boxes 24-7. So keep it up. Keep showing the support to them. Man, I uh I'm gonna be honest too for y'all. Like I've been trying to record part two of Always Faithful because uh I want to talk about, you know, my time in the battalion, you know, first time eighth Marines during the workup and then to Afghanistan and you know me getting in trouble and everything like that, but Man, that, that second episode is just so hard for me. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just like, I don't know when I started this podcast, I don't know if anybody was listening. Now I know a lot of people are listening. and uh, uh, I don't know if it adds like extra pressure. I don't know if it's like podcast block or whatever, but I'm having a darndest time with, the, with the, the second episode of my Marine Corps experience. Um, I tried to record an episode. This, I tried to record that episode. I've tried to record the part two to that episode like five or six times. And it's just not coming out right now. And I don't know what it is, man. I got to get through it. Um, maybe part of me is because like, I don't really want to talk about that as much right now. I don't know, because sometimes you can get lost in the past and you know, want to just kind of focus on the future. But I will say like, um, it's important to talk about because I know a lot of you out there are curious uh, to kind of hear what, what happened and hear my perspective on stuff. And I know that the message is really identifying with a lot of people, especially those that are out there still in the hustle, still in the Marine Corps, dealing with their own issues, and so I owe you that, and I apologize. I haven't released it yet, but uh, I'm still figuring out what I'm doing with this show, man. To be honest with you, I got to find uh, the exact direction I want to go, and uh, I do want to, you know, wrap that up. But it's just not coming out right now. Like I don't know what it is, man. It's just some some writer's block or something. But uh, we'll, we'll we'll make it. I just ask that you continue to. Uh, be patient with me and uh, just continue to listen into the show. And when I drop it, I'm sure I will be sure to uh, let you all know, cause I will post it on our social media, man. But uh, there's just some other stuff at the top of my mind right now. And the way my brain works, you know, I'm, I'm just a very creative person. Like when I got it, I could just go, but if it's not there, it's hard for me to just kind of force that. And uh, I will tell you, I got a one thing I will tell you all is that like, I've thrown a lot of projects at the wall lately, right? Like, you know, this podcast, right? I got my nonprofit, Ironbound Box Nonprofit. I got Ironbound Boxing For-Profit. I got consultant work I do. And then we got the the work I do with Dope Coffee. And literally it's all sticking like at the same time. Usually you throw a bunch of projects and of like the thousand you throw, maybe one will hit. But what's happening now is as I'm growing as an entrepreneur and I'm getting better at branding, man, a lot of my stuff is just resonating with people. And so one of the things I have to do is I got to start like prioritizing And I got to start executing like a pro because right now I'm not executing like a pro. I'm still like shooting from the hips with a lot of stuff. Uh, Even this podcast, even though I batched some episodes, I just didn't want to run them because they're good. But like I, I listen to my own podcast. And so like, it's got to be something that like, I want to listen to myself. And so like, if I have a batch episode or something and the time is just not right, I don't feel like dropping it. And so that's why like, there's been some gaps in some of the episodes, but I got to get better at that but that's just me turning pro with a lot of this stuff you know like i got a blog going you know need to batch those bit batch that content and by batch i mean like write 4 or 5 pieces at once and then have them ready to go same thing with the podcast just record like 5 episodes at once and then that way i can have those and drip those but i'm not there yet but that's the goal that i am working towards cuz one of the things that's on my mind right now is like i'll tell y'all man i really like the entrepreneur hustle and i'm really trying to own this space of the micropreneur, right? Like I read so much business literature, like the Jim Collins, the Peter Drucker. I probably read every startup book there is, but like, it just doesn't, one thing I kind of do with that information is like, I kind of take that information and say like, how can we, how can I use this knowledge and insight to help support people of color? All right. And one of the places that I find is like wide open for me is the micropreneur space. And what I mean by micropreneur is that like, um, it's like the third shift entrepreneur. You know, the kind of person that like has a full-time job, has a family and then has their like side hustle, may or may not have started a business before, um, just kind of has this idea, doesn't really know what to do. I really like helping people go from like idea to invoice. You know what I mean? Like I want to help people, I want to help more of our people win, right? Like I want to help people monetize a product or service like today, you know? And that uh, before, you know, COVID happened, like there was all the little pop-up markets in New York City. You know, my girlfriend, she, she has a brand and she works at a lot of these pop-ups and uh, I used to love going in there and I would go in there and every time I went to a pop-up marketplace, I made sure to buy something just to show someone that like I believed in them. Cause I know how hard it can be when you're like starting out on your dream and your vision and you're just really like putting yourself out there. And it just means a lot when someone makes that first purchase from you. So I made a habit where every time I go to a pop-up, I always buy something. But I really like those entrepreneurs, man. I don't know, man. The branding is just so much funner. I like the products. are a little bit better. Like, I think sometimes with like entrepreneurship, we always get focused on like the startup, you know. But within like entrepreneurship, it's like, are you a small business or are you a startup? Two different things, right? And so when I say the term like micropreneur, it's for me, it's just like that person that's got like the side hustle. And their goal is to just to one day. Uh, be able to do that full time. And like, I want to own that space in terms of like business literature and writing and guiding people around that. And so that's some of the consulting work I do is uh, helping organizations um, cater to those micropreneurs, those first time entrepreneurs. Cause I, like I told y'all, man, I'm about the culture, man. I want more of us winning. And uh, I just use all the knowledge and insight I gain on my journey and just put it back in the culture, man. Put it back in the culture. Try to help uplift uplift our people And uh, I just do it in ways that is authentic to me, whether it's boxing, whether it's entrepreneurship, whether it's this podcast, I don't know. But uh, I'm super excited about today's episode because I got some thoughts I got to get out of my head and I want to get them down on paper. But before I do that, I'm going to share them with you all. Um, Before we get into the meat of today's show, though, I'm not going to do Always Faithful Part 2. You got to give me some time on that. I know y'all might be waiting forever. I don't know if I'll ever drop that episode. God willing, I do. But uh, in all seriousness, the confession I want to give you all today is that. I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Like still, like I'm like 33 right now, but like, honestly y'all, I'm like a Renaissance man. You know, I do a little of this, I do a little that. I coach boxing, I write articles um, and I'm able to kind of like monetize everything that I do. But I'm still kind of coming into my own space, you know? Like I got this background in, in American studies and history which is why I like I want to write a book. Pretty much anything that I read, anything I spend a lot of time with, like I it makes me want to kind of do it myself. So like I read a lot. And so that makes me want to write a book. I listen to a bunch of podcasts. That's why I started one. I listen to a bunch of audio books. And like anything I consume a lot of, like I I'm I it grows on me, you know, and to the point I, I ask myself, I'm like, hey, I wonder if I can do that. And so I try it. And that's where the projects kind of come about. And then I find out that I can't do it, but it's just like, when do I like hone in and say like, hey, this is the direction I'm going versus like being scattered and doing a bunch of different stuff. Because right now I'll tell y'all, man, this week I got beat up. That's why this podcast is so hard in terms of making sure I'm consistent with dropping the episodes. When I first started this show, man, the the goal was to drop an episode like every week. And Mike, man, my co-producer, he was like, yo, we need to do seasons. I'm like, nah, man, nah, we're gonna drop it every week. And at first we were doing good, But then once things start picking up at Ironbound um, and some of the other stuff we're doing, it's just like, damn, man, staying on it is a grind. Um, But I'm committed to to at least keeping this thing going because I do enjoy it, but I just gotta get professional. I gotta get a little more professional at, at my processes and stuff. Cause I'm not, I'll be honest, like I'm not perfect, man. No matter how professional this podcast sounds, I'm like recording this out of my apartment. You know, like I just got back from the gym, not the gym, but I just got back from the park, working with some of my kids and I'm sprinting here to get this episode done, and I gotta get to Harlem, because I'm supposed to be hanging out with my girlfriend right now, so she's gonna beat me up about it. But it's important that I, I get the, get this word and this message out, because you know, I do have a lot to say about the world, and I do realize that um, this, this podcast is powerful because of the stuff I see, You know, email traffic, and I see stuff happening, even within the Marine Corps. I see people trying to make moves based off of some of the stuff me and the Colonel talked about on the, um, the last episode. But I will tell you too, you know, when I say I, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. And I think this is going to be an essay in a book, but for me, I'm like 33. All right. African-American male. have never met my father till this day. And so what that does is it makes it where like, I don't know, like I don't really have a vision of what I could be. You know what I mean? It's kind of like anybody, any male figure that's like influential in my life. Like I kind of, I don't know. I look up to them in a way and I, I, I don't know, man. I just feel like I, I don't feel like I have any true direction on like what the end result will be for me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have an image that's like, oh, that's like Mike Stedman. you know, 10 years from now. I don't, I don't have it doesn't exist. And so I'm just kind of like creating it myself as I go, which is why like I'm a Renaissance man. And there's just so much stuff I want to do, you know, between like being that my own that micropreneur space, that third shift space, you know, being a writer, pushing publishing books on business literature, writing, Writing stuff about, you know, race and culture on more of the James Baldwin kind of tip or, you know, starting my own like incubator, you know, like all just kind of crazy stuff. And then, oh, by the way, having this boxing gym. But I don't know, man, I'm figuring out I'm growing. I feel like I'm hitting my second stride in growth and learning. And uh, that's why, like, sometimes when you see stuff I'm doing online or social media, like, what the hell is Mike doing? The real answer is, honestly, I'm still just like figuring out like a lot of you out there. And I know there's a lot of veterans that hit me up, academy grads that, you know, we get out the military and it's like, you know, we spend our whole life preparing for the military. And then we're going to have this career when we get out. It's like most people don't know what they want to do. And so they, you know, they go to grad school, which is like standard for like a lot of officers. And then they hit the world. And it's just like, what next? You know, there's got to be more to this. I think just through some of the projects I've done, I've been a real inspiration for a lot of people and I understand that. And so all all y'all out there that are listening to me, man, I just do a bunch of different stuff, man. I just try a bunch of different stuff. And if I like it, you know, I decide whether I want to pursue it or not, but I've got to definitely organize this chaos because it's chaos now. I'm doing too many projects. I need to prioritize stuff. I will tell you, this podcast is a priority for me, but I've got like, I've got, I've got other stuff ahead of it. So Um, as I grow, we're going to grow together. And I just appreciate y'all tuning in for the journey with me. All right. So uh, yeah, let's go ahead and give a shout out to our sponsors. First, I want to give a shout out to the one and only Dope Coffee, a lifestyle brand that pairs urban black culture with innovative products offerings in the coffee industry. We're not a coffee brand for black people. We're a coffee brand that seeks to elevate black culture through a lifestyle of premium coffee and candid conversation. Next, we want to give a shout out to my brand, the one and only Ironbound Boxing, a fitness brand that utilizes the wellness benefits of boxing to transform communities, individuals and corporate teams, helping them thrive and realize their fullest potential. Proceeds from our services fund free boxing training, entrepreneurial education and employment opportunities for Newark youth and young adults. Shout out to Dope Coffee and Ironbound Boxing, two badass brands started by African-American Marine Corps veterans putting positive energy out into the community. Shout out to our, uh, to our confessions of a native son, super fans. Y'all know who y'all are rocking the ironbound box and hoodie or shirt, sipping some dope coffee out of a dope coffee mug. Got a stack of books, uh, hungry, ready to learn, ready to grow and tunes in for each and every, every episode, man. Shout out to y'all. I appreciate the emails keep sending my way. I know I always don't respond, but I do appreciate the love and it keeps me going. All right, y'all, let's get into the theme of today's show. I want to talk about Black economic empowerment because this is at the top of my mind right now, all right? We are in the George Floyd era, okay? America is woke. They find out that we're all Black and it's like the biggest shock to people, okay? But one thing I've kind of just been rooted in, you know, people hit me up all the time. Hey, like, Mike, what are you doing? Are you protesting? Are you doing this stuff? I'm like, yo, I'm doing the same thing I've been doing, trying to help Black and Brown kids in Newark. You know, I've been doing this from the beginning. Like, I know a lot of people. I mean, not to sound like mean or anything, but like some people are late to the party. There's, there's, there's those of us out here that have been trying to create more opportunities for for uh, people of color. All right, and I know we all fight our fight this battle in our own unique way. But for me, I feel like yo, I need to create the economic arm because I just feel like it often gets like overlooked. You know, one thing I've I've matured socially, right? Like when I was coming up. You know, I was definitely on like the the. I grew up in like the NAACP culture, you know, like the Martin Luther King, the civil the civil rights legacy stuff. You know, like and I think for for me as like a young man of color. Right. Like I've really kind of like looked up to those kind of people. Right. The, the 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 activists. OK, you know, and um, but as I've like matured and I've grown. Right. Like I've just realized the importance of like the economic piece. Right. Like business ownership entrepreneurship and so my focus like as I've as I've grown has kind of shifted right like I think a lot of us we kind of start out uh like there's like there's always like the two sides of the camp right you got like your Martin Luther King you know which is like the nonviolent uh and then you got like Malcolm X and like the Nation of Islam and most people think like he's super radical and they were Nation of Islam was radical they have some mythology that they believe that's just straight up crazy I'm just letting you know in my humble opinion, But I will say like, as I get older, man, I identify with the teachings of Malcolm and the stuff that he stressed about economic empowerment and education and what it would take for us as black people to thrive in this country. Not survive, but like literally thrive. And, you know, now I I see the importance of like building community, owning our own businesses, starting our own businesses. And I just feel like this economic piece, this entrepreneurial piece, I think it's like a big deal, but I still don't think people really grasp the significance of it, all right? So like with everything that's going on right now with the whole George whatever and all these companies sent out these emails, like, yo man, if you really wanna help the black community, we have to build an economic base, okay? I've looked at the numbers, right? I saw a, uh, I got the sheet, I've got the sheet. And from the SBA, this was prior to COVID y'all, prior to COVID-19, there were 30.7 million small businesses in this country. And what they're reporting is about half of those were like single member LLCs. You know what I mean? Like maybe like single employee, freelancer or whatever. Okay. Of that number, of that 30.7 million, I told you about half of them are single member LLCs. 2.6 million are listed as black or African-American. And that is important because what we really don't know is who is thrown in the black these days. I told y'all, there's a reason my podcast is named Confessions of a Native Son. I view myself as someone Uh, a descendant of slavery, right? Grew up in the South, African-American, but a lot of different groups, cultures, immigrant groups get thrown into the black category. But what we really need to be looking at is like, we're not a monolith, right? There's like different groups, but a lot of the stuff I'm talking about, right? I say people of color, but on certain things with like black people, it's like, what are we talking about, you know? Are we talking about more affluent black immigrant groups that come in here and do well? Or are we talking about like black Americans, like African-Americans, we got to clear that up but that number 2.6 million is misleading because we really don't know the number of true black owned businesses. And if it's like the whole, where it's like, oh, you know, half of those are single member LLCs, of that, what, one point, let's say black, let's say there's like between 0.5 and 1.5 million black owned businesses, maybe. And that might even be a stretch, but let's say half those are single member LLCs. That what we estimate, like what, 0.7 million, you know, uh. My my math is bad But yeah Is it like what 0.7 or something Some crazy Some very very small number Of black owned businesses In this country Right What does that mean We don't even have An economic base To build upon We don't even have A foundation Right We can't even hire People from our own communities We can't build businesses In our communities And so it's like A lot of times I think with like Black economic empowerment Sometimes we're trying to like um, We're trying to to run before we can even crawl. I mean, think about that, y'all. Like all these articles and stuff that are coming out, and people are saying, like, oh, we need more black VCs, we mean, we mean, we need more of this, we need more of that. Yo, we need more black business owners, period. Right? That number is so small. What are we, 13% of the population, 16% of the population? How many of us are business business owners? What do they say? I've seen the numbers float around like 8%. But again, when you add in the fact that, like, yo, who is getting registered as black? and who falls into that category, we don't really even have a, a strong estimate of the true number of black owned businesses in this country. All we know is it's low as hell. And that is a problem because we will never be able to compete unless we have an economic foundation. And so a lot of times I think like going back to what I was talking about before, are you a small business or are you a startup, right? Like you look at the numbers, it's like, oh, less than 1% of venture capital went to like black people or African-Americans, whatever. There they go, throwing that mix in again. But like, yo, how can we have venture capital so we don't have any entrepreneurs in the first place? And so when you look at those numbers, you can't help but say like, yo, black people in this country are nothing but a labor class. Like we don't own anything. Like what industries do we really own? What industry can you say? Damn, blacks got that dominated. Black people got that dominated. You can't even say it in the entertainment industry because we're still workers. Yo, I'll tell you all, man, there's this there's this there's this. um, Famous African-American historian. And his name is Dr. Claude Anderson. Look him up, right? He wrote a book called Powernomics. And he wrote this book in like 1994, all right? And I kind of view myself as like a young Claude Anderson because like a lot of the stuff I'm talking about, it's like, for me, I have this like awakening, you know, where I'm just like super hungry. Like I am diving into like every book. I'm a stacker, y'all. You look around my apartment, I got book stacks everywhere. I'm reading everything from fucking revolutionary suicide, about Huey Newton and the Black Panthers. I got the Negro in Business by Booker T. Washington. You know, I got Lean Startup. I got Black Labor, White Wealth. Like, I've got freaking books upon books of business literature, right? Like, I, I'm diving deep into that. And like, I don't know, man, I can't explain it. I'm just hungry. I'm like curious to find out, like, how did we get to this point and what are solutions, okay? How do we kind of come out about this? And I'm coming across these like old historians that we're like talking about the same stuff I'm talking about now. And it's like, it's nothing new. And that's one of the things you keep hearing me say about this race and culture stuff is like, I just kind of view myself as like the young veteran version of like the James Baldwin's and the Muhammad Ali's, right? Just kind of speaking truth to power, just speaking it here in the um, here in 2020. But man, like though, those are kindred spirits for me. And the reason I bring up Claude Anderson is because this book, man, he calls it, it's called uh, Powernomics super dope books. And he talks about how black people can uh, can overcome some of our challenges, but he focuses heavily on the economic piece. And I'll probably dedicate a whole, a whole episode to it. But one of the things he talked about is like, he's like black people, only, only thing black people own in this country is sweat. He's like, that's all our equity is put into sweat. And let me tell y'all, man, I was beat up like a few weeks ago, man, just teaching these virtual boxing classes. And it's like, I sweat on camera all day, like over Zoom. Like on Thursdays, I teach like five boxing classes, right? I got to get out of this. But man, as I'm like teaching these classes, I'm like, man, I'm thinking about Claude Anderson, man, talking about all we own is sweat, you know, between like singing and dancing, playing sports, just sweat, right? And uh, it it just hit me hard and I just couldn't help but like laugh at myself. But he's true, man. Like when you think about all the industries we're in, like even entertainment, sports, we don't own the football teams. We're not head coaches. You know, it's like, we're just like participators, man. We're employees and we got to get to a point where we start like owning stuff, man. We got to create some, some economic infrastructure. And it's like, I don't know. I think sometimes like business is, uh, business is oftentimes shown that it's like for other people. You know what I mean? Like, I think we need to show our community that like, hey, you can start a business. Business is not that complicated. And I think, you know, there's some conservative, there's some black conservatives out there. And like, I'm not like a black conservative by any means, right? Like I'm probably, you know, I have like some conservative ideas but I'm definitely like my own person, all right? I find it hard to relate to a lot of like the far right people just because I don't know, man. I just feel like they never defend black people at all. You know, it's always our fault. And then on the far left side of the house, it's like, uh, well, they are for black people, but they don't want to put us on their boards and, you know, want to kind of dictate how we think and how we act. So I'm just like the Ronin. I'm just the dude that just kind of moves by his own, his own, moves his own way. Okay. But the reason I bring that up, uh, damn, I just lost my thought. But yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, I just... I just, I just kind of think for myself, right? I just kind of, I try to look and see what makes sense. But one thing I'll say like black conservatives have brought up, there's this guy named Coleman Hughes and maybe I'll get him on the podcast. But, you know, one thing we got to stop doing, and I keep saying this, right? But he in a different way is black people, we have to stop comparing ourselves to white people. And we got to stop comparing ourselves to white progress because we will, we will, keep running around in a hamster wheel if we keep doing that, right? And for a lot of y'all that are just now like becoming woke and aware and jumping into this race stuff, this stuff is so complicated. Like it is deep, man, it is deep. That's why we got this episode because like, it's just, and when I, when I say that, man, is this sense of like, there's this, uh, there's this sense within like, because white people have it, we got to have it, you know? Or we got to do it their way or we got to mimic their way. Right, And one of the things I'm always saying is like, yo, if we run the race, the way it's been set up for people that don't look like us, don't cover our culture, don't have our history for every one of us that makes it, we leave a hundred in the graveyard. And to me, that is not winning. Okay. We need to run our own race and we need new strategies. Right. And that's the kind of stuff that Claude Anderson talks about and even draws this other diagram. And the fact that we keep running these same strategies that the dominant, the, the majority uses to succeed, like the minority will never be able to compete. We need to have our own, we need to have our own uh, infrastructures and run our own race. And so that's the kind of the things that I am trying to articulate with this podcast and figure out solutions. You know, and one of the things I've come up with is the micropreneur thing. Like, like I can speak to that, like, because I am one, right? I had so many hustles, Yo, like when I started the Ironbound Boxing Academy, man, I was working at a private school. I was volunteering for Bunker Labs. I, that was like my OJT. You know what I mean? Like I was, I mean, I was doing like 10,000 things just to kind of keep the dream alive. And even still I, I do like 10,000 things, but that is part of our experience when we start ventures and we don't have a lot of capital, right? Like, you know, I don't have the time to go out and try to raise like half a million dollars. You know what I mean? Like gotta pay my bills now. So like, you gotta start where you are now. That goes back to like the Booker T. Washington, plant your seeds where you are. And again, even for me growing socially, Right. When I grew up, I was definitely more like the W.B. Du Bois type. If you all don't know who W.B. Du Bois is, check him out. He was one of the first. I don't know if he was the first, but he got his Ph.D. from Harvard, wrote a book called The Souls of Black Folks. Super dope. But they always compare him to Booker T. Washington, who was uh, started the Tuskegee Institute, you know, did not push for racial equality. All he wanted was like independence. You know, he wanted to to create more of an economic base for people of color, for black people. And he had his issues, right? But they always contrast Booker T. Washington versus W. B. Du Bois. And we're going to do it on this show, by the way. But, you know, I think a lot of people, like the super right conservatives, like especially black conservatives, love them some Booker T. Washington, right? Where like the black liberals are more like the W. B. Du Bois, the talented 10th and all that kind of stuff. But like as I get older, man, I take a little bit of everything, right? Like there's always truth when people put out stuff, there's always a little truth in it, right? I don't think you have to go like Team Booker T or Team WB like when we were younger. You can just kind of take a little bit of this, a little of that. Same thing with like Martin and Malcolm. But Booker T. Washington, man, I think he was onto something. <laughs> That's why I'm reading this book now because just pushing that entrepreneurial spirit, that entrepreneurial hustle, hustle man, that group cooperation, you know, economic independence building economic infrastructure within the the black community. That's what we need. And we need people speaking to that. And that's why I read so much business stuff because, you know, I'm like, I got that, I got my background is in American studies. And honestly, like, I think sometimes like would I get, uh, the stars would have to align, but like would I pursue like an executive MBA or something if I could get it paid for for free? Or would I want to pursue a PhD in American studies or African American studies? <clears throat> because to be honest, I can I I'm an autodidact. So I can I feel like I can teach myself whatever I need to know on the business end. And I think it's just a powerful combination when you have the understanding of like, okay, the economic piece, and you can actually like start business, you understand business lingo, you can take a product or service to market and generate income for yourself and your family, which is very important. But also I wanna know it for like people of color. I wanna know like what works, what hasn't worked traditionally. And I need to know like how to communicate it to our people so that they can benefit from it, from those lessons. Because it's just, the world is just different for us. You know, it's like looking at it through two completely different lenses. But what I wanna see more people talking about is uh, I feel like what's getting lost in this, um, what's getting lost in a lot of this dialogue I'm seeing uh, currently Is just like, yo, we really gotta head y'all, we gotta hammer home this economic piece, man. We gotta create economic opportunity. And it starts with the mindset and cultivating that mindset. Like, as like I'm I'm telling y'all, man, I'm I'm fucking radical, yo. Like, what are kids, like the fact that we have our kids in these schools that they can't, that you know, they graduate high school, can barely read and write, like what are we sending them there for? Like, what is the point of the public education system, honestly? You know, like Mike and Mike and his wife at Dope Coffee, they homeschool their kids. And I'll tell you this, their kids are going to know more about how to succeed in this country than 90 percent of the kids in Atlanta school different. It might hell, it might be 99.9 percent, because as once I kind of became self-taught, right, I realized that the value of the, the way we approach education is wrong in this country. And it is hindering people of color, like straight up, like, again, that's the graveyard shift right there. Yeah, we, we pump them into these schools and we send them off to college, but we leave millions in the graveyard, you know, because they don't make it. And so, like, I'm not even a, I'm not a fan of like I have some some concerns about our public education in this country because I just don't feel like it's setting up for setting us up for success. I think we need a lot more independent education. And I think the foundation of it is like know yourself, know your culture, know where you come from, but also know how to compete in this current Uh, economy, right? Like if there's anything COVID has taught people, it's that you need to be able to generate income for yourself and your loved ones at a dime's notice, right? Because waiting on the government to pay you and save you is just bad strategy in general, you know? And that's why we got to cultivate that entrepreneurial mindset. But again, even the way business is talked about in this country, it's almost like hidden from us, you know, or finance and all this kind of stuff, you know? Like I have some really radical ideas about it. I was just talking to one of my coaches. Um, I'll be honest with you. I got in a, um, had an interesting conversation with my, with my girlfriend. Pseudo of an argument. You know, we have our disagreements. But tell me if this is, this could be radical. I don't know, right? But one of the things I'm saying, okay, I, I looked at the numbers, okay? Let's say 1 million Black-owned businesses in this country, if that, all right? And we already know that Black people in this country do not have access to capital, a lot of capital. This is just facts, right? If you want to start a business, you're African-American, you don't got access to a lot of capital, right? I think Mike Mike had access to about you know, we still black for black people. When we need money, we tell our we tell our old timers. They're like, baby, I want to support you. So so here you go. Here's two dollars. Here's you know, I'm like 33 years old, still getting two dollars. But that two dollars means a lot more in our community than it does in some others. Right. But I say that to say it's like, yo, when we start businesses, it's like on five hundred dollars. I think if we started dope coffee on like five hundred dollars, like straight up nothing, you know. Um, And if we know that we have trouble with capital. Right. We don't have a lot of it. The capital that we do have is tied up into the stock market, right? Because a lot of more, influ- I want to say affluent black people in this country, you know, we work the corporate jobs, we get the 401k, we do all that kind of stuff. And what do we do? We invest in the stock market. All right. But going back to what I'm saying, we already know we don't have actually a lot of capital. The capital we do have is in the stock market. Yo, last time I checked, those aren't black companies going public. You know what I mean? Like the the, the, the money that's getting played in the stock market is p- making people making, um, let me rephrase this, man, because I am I'm, I gotta get this right without offending a bunch of people. But uh, we're not, I don't necessarily know if we're truly building the generational wealth like it's sold to us, right? Like I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the stock market. I'm saying absolutely, do your thing, invest in the stock market. But if we're gonna succeed as a, cul- as a culture, if we're truly gonna stand in solidarity, like we say we are, right? Then we need to make sure that our business community, that our young, hungry kids have opportunity. We need to invest in their businesses and we need to invest in them and we need to invest in our communities because these public companies, they're becoming millionaires off your money, okay? Yeah, you're gonna make some money in a stock market. Yeah, you're gonna make like, I don't know, over the course of like 30 years, maybe you make a million dollars, maybe make $2 million if you're just a worker bee, whatever, but they're gonna go public and they're gonna be fucking billionaires. All right. And guess what? That money is probably not going to go back into the black community. It's probably going to go back into some like, I don't know, look at us. We're going to go help volunteer at a school or something. But you got a young bunch of young, hungry, starving entrepreneurs out here that need capital to grow their businesses. You know what I mean? Or even just launch their tech company. But like we don't even support our own, you know, but we'll, we'll give our money to someone else. And that's where the miseducation of us is is wrong. Like there's a lot of other cultures, man. They prioritize their culture over others, right? Um, let me say, that might come out wrong to be honest because then it's like you're justifying like white supremacy. But what I'm getting at like in Jewish tradition, Jewish culture, I feel like they really do look out for each other. They invest in each other's businesses. You know, we need to do a better job with that. Like, I feel like, yo, it should be taught. Like if you're an affluent black person in this country, I think you should have like a stash of cash readily available to support uh, black businesses in your local community. And that's a reach, you know, maybe that's wrong. Maybe that's utopian. But all I know is that like, yo, this race we're playing, this dream we're getting sold is just false. It ain't going to work. It ain't fucking possible. There's no, there's no way possible. We don't have enough of an economic infrastructure, right? Like we need businesses to hire our graduates. You know what I mean? Like uh, our best and brightest, right? They go to college. You know what I mean? They go to college, they go to get school and they can't even come back and get hired uh, in their own community which is why they go off to other communities and make other people richer and use that talent that they've cultivated and nurtured into other communities. When we got to do, we got to create some solidarity and move the black community forward. So that means we need to be, have honest conversations within ourselves about like, hey, what is best for us? What do we need to do to move forward in the right direction? And that's why it's so, like, that's why as I like, I get older, the more I think about it, right? Like, I don't know, like when I have kids, I think I might want them to go to HBCU because I feel like I can teach them everything else, but I just don't know if another institution would teach them about themselves and where they come from and their history. And I mean, at this point, to be honest too, like I don't trust anybody to educate me about myself anymore, but I would just like to think that like, at least in that environment around other people, it would would at least cultivate that learning, you know, amongst each other. Because I think the wrong mentality is that like, we send our kids, like, you're not gonna get, the stuff I'm talking about now, I just don't see it getting, I just don't think it's getting taught in college, right? Like you might have a few like radical professors like here and there, but like, honestly, this stuff is the stuff I'm talking about now is probably like a, taught at like a Montessori school or something, just some like community level stuff. And understand, like, I'm not trying to be like crazy radical. I'm just saying that like, I look at the way the race is set up. I do not see us winning, let alone anytime soon, I see us keep spinning the hamster wheel over and over. And I've always been my personality, even just as an entrepreneur, when everyone goes left, I tend to go right. And I look down that pathway and I'm like, okay, we've tried this like a hunt for uh, hundreds of years. It ain't really working for us. We kind of need to go our own way. And so what I'm talking about is like creating business strategies for black owned businesses, you know, Tell- helping them understand how they should probably approach going to market. And that's going to look a lot different than what's taught in the mainstream. It ain't going to look like the lean startup. You know, like I said, if there is a single mother here in Newark with five kids and she wants to start a business to get out of rat race, I'm not going to give her the lean startup. I'm going to give her a book where she can see herself reflected in that book, in that business literature. I want to have um, a co-working space. Right. Well, I, I probably won't do the co-working space because I'm I'm done managing like physical locations. I've done that with like the Boxing Academy, Ironbound Boxing Academy, but I am building out an accelerator I'm going to talk about here at the end, which is uh, Thrive. And it's the idea is to cultivate the entrepreneurial spirit and entrepreneurial mindset in the community here in Newark locally and doing it through the youth, right? Because I think they need to get a lot of experience. So that way they increase their chances of success when they do have an opportunity to really go after um, a big business opportunity. So I want to do that. Right. So the literature um, and then just really speaking truth to power through this podcast and sharing this message and letting people know that, hey, we need to think different, man. We can't keep thinking like this, the the mainstream and the dream that's sold to us. And, you know, again, the black conservatives, man, there's like a guy named Thomas Sowell. He's like an economic, economist. It's a lot of the economists, to be quite frank, that uh, think like this. And then uh, Coleman Hughes, he's not an economist, but he's an up and comer. But uh, I've got to get sharp on this show so I can actually battle those guys or have civil discourse with them. Because right now uh, I'm not so confident I'd be ready to jump in that arena just because I'm still kind of jumping into this like scholarly, scholarly work and like finding my voice. But at some point, you know, I would love to kind of have a high level conversation with a a black conservative to discuss different issues or black economists. But I do think, man, I told you, all man, I think there's a black economy. That's what I'm really getting at. I think there is a black economy. I think we play by a different set of rules and I think it's okay, right? It is what it is. Like I I went on this show, I fucking ran it about George Floyd. You know, I've shared my perspective on that, but now it's like, okay, truth and reconciliation. Like, where do we go from here? Right. And I told you all like I have a growth mindset. So I'm like moving forward. OK, you know where I stance, you know, my feeling about the police discrimination in the community. And I still fundamentally believe black people in this country are viewed as inferior. But with that being said, yo, let's 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 make this country better. And that's what I'm talking about now. So I'm actually like creating opportunities. I'm looking for pathways ahead. You know, I don't like to get stuck in the past. And I think my battle is going to be with this entrepreneurial stuff, man, because one the human capital piece too is like those of y'all that are here that are listening right like if you went to a service academy right and you're african-american you better leverage that network to help uplift your community i'm just letting you know right that's what that was the power i got with dope coffee man because my, to be quite frank my brother mike man he went to uh, wake forest but um he didn't have the access to the network that I built out through um ironbound and you know bunker lives and Uh, just the Naval Academy and Service Academy Network. And I was like, yo, man, we got to get you plugged into this network. You know, this idea behind lift as you climb. It takes nothing, it costs nothing, it takes nothing. All it is is an intro. And I'm like, I did this podcast to kind of funnel people that follow me over to the dope coffee side of the house right? So they could show him some love and show the brand some love. Like we need more of that. That's that group cooperation. We got to start connecting our networks, y'all. We can't be like crabs in a barrel and hide our network or be ashamed of, of people and whatnot. Like we've got to bridge those gaps. We got to leverage that human capital, man. I had a guy call me today from the Naval Academy. And he's like, hey, uh, not even African-American. He was like, hey, Mike, man, um, went to business school. And he's like, I kind of want to get involved and want to help out. What are some things you think I can do that play to my skill set? I said, hey, man, Go check out, uh, He's. I was like, if there's a black owned business in, in town or something, dude, just go there and see if you can give them some strategy work, give them give them some coaching. Cause a lot of our, these communities, man, they just don't have the human capital to help guide them out of some of these situations. You know, I think business coaching is huge. It's fucking helped me out like tenfold, right? There's no way I'd be able to manage the chaos I have now if it wasn't for uh, my coaching group over at the Lions Pride. Like that has upped my business acumen like times 10. And what I've realized is that unfortunately a lot of our community doesn't know that like, that's a thing and how valuable it is. Like fundamentally, like y'all, I will never start a business again without having a business coach of some sort. It's just too hard. The stress level is too much. And I just need that support network. And I need someone I can go to and talk through some of these decisions and really push me to grow. But I straight up told him, man, I was like, oh, you know, there's probably some some small businesses in the area could probably use some strategy and some coaching about being more efficient. And uh, I think you could, they could use your skill set. And he's like, you know what, man, you know, that's a good point. I really appreciate that because, you know, a lot of people just aren't the social type, right? They're not trying to be like community activists, but we all have skill sets we can leverage to help support uh, the, the, the black community or people of color in general, you know, and We just got to think outside the box and like understand that like this is diaspora, like we're all connected together and support one another. And even in the smallest way, it takes nothing, man. You know, give a company like a two hour branding session or something. A lot of black owned businesses out there got devastated by COVID. I told y'all the numbers I gave out was prior to COVID-19. You know, those numbers at 30.6. I don't know how many small businesses are left standing, let alone black owned businesses. And I walk around Newark and it's like a fucking ghost town around here. Our economy is like destroyed. So like a lot of these black owned businesses are hurt, hit hard. And I don't know how many of the mom and pop shops were able to get up online to monetize their products or services. So, you know, we had a conversation my boy that called from the Academy and he was like, yeah, man, even if you just went there and helped them get up online, helped them Get their e-commerce strategy going. That's something. It's better than nothing. And uh he was super excited about that because he's like, yeah, I think that's where I can make a dent. That's where I can make an impact. And so that's the kind of message that I'm pushing, man. I just want us to understand that this economic piece is very, very important. And we got to come together and we gotta, we gotta do a deep dive on how we can create more economic opportunities for people of color. And I, like I said, I have some ideas. I think the micro new micropreneur, third shift entrepreneur is the route. So I'm so active with like Bonker Lives and some of these other organizations. But uh I, man, we have got to get our priorities straight and we got to start attacking them systematically. And I, I fundamentally believe the number one thing right now is this, this economic piece, man. So uh I gotta get to Harlem because my, like I said, my girlfriend's gonna disown me. But I appreciate you all uh with this show, man. Um, I gotta get like, I don't know. I told you, I gotta start batching these episodes because it's just. As, uh, like, no matter what you hear, right? No matter what you see, I know I'm on like the cover of Vetrapreneur Magazine. Y'all, I'm in my one bedroom freaking hustling hard every day. I still sweat. That's all I own. That's my equity is sweat right now for, for Ironbound. So I, I got to get it together. But when I do, I'm looking to like elevate this podcast. Like, I know what I have to do to get this show to the next level, right? And it's really just comes down to, being more um, disciplined with my recording process and how I approach it. And I owe that to y'all. But, you know, again, this is me working out my thoughts. This is me growing. So if you're listening to this show, you're in the process of like watching me grow. And all the stuff I'm talking about is like entrepreneurship, business ownership, all this stuff. I'm learning it as I'm doing it. I'm telling like, that's what makes me powerful, I think, because I don't speak on stuff that I don't really have experience with and everything I'm talking about right now is like I have experience with, right? Like I know how to like build a brand and monetize a product or service. I know how valuable it is for me now compared to everybody else here in the city. And so that's why I'm so like hungry to like make, raise more awareness around it. I think, cause I think I have a voice in the entrepreneur space and the entrepreneurial thought, and I'm excited to be able to leverage it to support the community. So appreciate you for tuning in to this one. Do me a favor, y'all. Be sure to subscribe and support this podcast by giving us five stars and leaving a review on iTunes. Also, forward this show to anyone in your network who you feel identifies with the subject matter. Also, order some dope coffee at www.realdopecoffee.com. We've got to start supporting our own businesses. We're actually in the midst of a fundraising round. We raised seventy-seven. We raised what seventy-seven thousand out of our hundred seventy-k target, dude. We're super excited about this investment round. And I highly encourage all my friends and family to make an investment in us. You can invest today for as little as $250. Visit dopecoffee.com to learn more. Also, be sure to donate at www.ironboundboxing.org. Every donation allows us to support free amateur boxing programs for youth and young adults in low-income communities. We're also super proud to introduce Thrive, our summer business competition and small business accelerator. Thrive is specifically designed for youth and young adults, 14 to 22 in Newark, New Jersey. In order to participate, applicants will have to spend four weeks in our online Thrive Accelerator. Thrive participants will have an opportunity to pitch for 7K in cash prizes upon completion of the following curriculum, how to start a business, marketing, small business finance, and entrepreneurial readership. Are you ready to get in the fight and help our kids thrive? If so, put, it's time to put your money where your mouth is. Posting and commenting on social media is one thing. Being bold and take act, taking action is another. And we could use our help. So you can donate to Thrive today at ironboundboxing.org. I want to say something about Thrive, y'all. I'm very proud of what we're doing with this, okay? I keep talking about economics. We have a whole demographic of young people of color that have no way to generate income for themselves, right? They Everything is closed down. So like, what are they doing? How are they going to survive? And so- That's why we're taking ownership of this space and really like we have the connection with boxing. It's our brand, right? It speaks to the communities that we're targeted in. And now we really can be about more than boxing because we have built this arm through Thrive that allows us to, to cultivate their minds. Because I believe you need three things in this life to thrive, right? You need good health and wellness. That's where the boxing piece comes in. Good health and wellness just makes you feel confident, makes you feel better. The second thing you need is that entrepreneurial mindset. You need to always be able to generate income for yourself. No matter how bad it gets, you need to be able to understand how to monetize a product or service. And then the last thing you need is that growth mindset. You need to learn that book knowledge, right? The frameworks, you need to always have access to that. And so that's what we're cultivating with Thrive. And I'm gonna empower me and my team are empowering the Newark community um, with Thrive, with the Thrive initiative. So we could really use the support like around that we are looking for sponsors. We're looking for institutions to really rally around this. We're, we're launching a million dollar fund. I want to train entrepreneurs for five years here in Newark, New Jersey and increase the I call it increasing the pool. Right. A lot. of Here's the thing, too, about the entrepreneur experience. I haven't met an entrepreneur yet that's hit a home run their first time up at plate. They've hit a lot of base hits, a lot of strikeouts. OK, but very few entrepreneurs hit a home run their first time out. What's more realistic is that they have four, five, six ventures and they get better at each one. All the statistics tell you 90% of small businesses fail within the first year. What it really should say is 90% of first-time business owners fail within the first year, right? The more businesses you start, the more experience you have, the better you get as an entrepreneur. And when I'm working on articulating that through Thrive. And the whole thing about our initiative, I could care less about the pitch competition, right? It's the entrepreneurial Education process because to even pitch for the prize money, they have to go through our accelerator, this online accelerator that we're doing. So that's the that's the metric right there. The number of kids we're able to train in entrepreneurial leadership and entrepreneurial thought to go out there and launch a venture. Okay. I don't expect a kid to hit a home run with uh with some prize money. That's not the goal of it. The goal is to really just get them started on their entrepreneurial journey because too often what happens is with a lot of people, right? And even, I'll say this, I'll raise my hand, fooling black people. Hey man, you know, we go off to college, whatever, and then we have a cousin or something and we, we, we're, we're somewhat successful, right? We work at a company, got our little 401k. Then our cousin or somebody comes up to us and they're like, hey yo, uh, Unc, I want to uh, start a business. I want to start a shoe company. Can I borrow some money? What do we look at them and say, give us a business plan. Realistically, like how many people know how to go out there and like write a business plan from scratch? Like not a lot of people right? Now there's learning in the process, but I think a more realistic approach for our community, I'm talking about the black community, would be like, oh, you want to start a business? Cool. How about this? Let's schedule a strategy session. I'll sit down with you. We can go over some stuff. And then, hey, if you do X, 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 Y, and Z, I will give you this amount of money. And then as you kind of give them like specific metrics and goals to hit, and then you empower them along the way so that you're teaching them. Now I understand everybody doesn't have time to do that, but that's the kind of thinking I think we need to have. And so that's what we're cultivating with Thrive is that like, even with the prize money, right? It's going to, we're going to phase it out so that we, we can guide them along their journey and really coach them up because you can't put these kids. I don't like putting kids in a position to fail. That's a consistent theme in this podcast, right? Like, Anything I do, like I'm not trying to put people in a position to fail. Hell, I don't put myself in a position to fail anymore. I told y'all, I'm like Floyd Mayweather. If I look at a company or organization or something, and not a lot of people that look like me tells me everything I need to know about that organization, right? And I'm most, like 90% of the time, I'm not going that route. i fuck it. I'm not going that route anymore, anymore period. Because it already tells me, man, you don't have a good track record with people of color in your organization. We don't, so we don't thrive in that environment. They're whatever it is, and so like I'm not going that way, man. I want to be. I want to be set up for success from the very beginning, and so that's what I'm doing with Thrive. I'm setting our kids up for success. So better believe by the time they pitch for their prize money, they're gonna be ready. They're gonna be confident, and they're gonna be well trained. So yeah, man, go to IronboundBoxing.org and uh, donate to that. Feel free to message me on LinkedIn or shoot me an email at Mike at we Are Ironbound. Special shout out to my co-producer, the one and only Mike Lloyd, and the team. From the gifted sounds network rooting for everybody that's black hey we want to show y'all some love for dope coffee man y'all have really elevated dope coffee keep it up go to their store purchase that coffee purchase that beard oil man show them some love we got to support this business and you're part of that journey you're going to be proud of it and especially y'all for fucking i love the veteran community though because y'all have really stood up ironbound boxing ironbound boxing is a veteran brand both on the for-profit and the non-profit side of the house. But I will tell you, on the non-profit side, the veteran community has, has came out strong and I truly appreciate y'all and a thank you for allowing me to do the good work here in the community. So until next time, everyone, peace, love, and have a great rest of your week. I'm a free black man, hold up my head, black man. Beautiful black man, I don't that feel nice, man? I love your brother, black man, and chase your dreams, black man, and get that cream, black man original man